You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. What a great, great blessing this morning. If you're able, stand with me for just a moment as we read the Word of God while the others are finding their way back to their seat. I, uh, I've not been uh, wearing suits much lately, and I haven't had this one on for a long time. And uh, so I put this suit on this morning, and I come to realize real quick, they don't make suits like they used to. This thing's just been hanging in the closet, and that, that puppy shrank. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I understand if you're running through the washer and the dryer, but... Uh, so I was putting it on and this thought came to my mind. I know how a hot dog feels when he's smothered by a bun. <laughs> and I love to make you, I love to make you laugh. I love to make you laugh. Amen. Anybody ever have that feeling? Be honest with me, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, Thanksgiving weekend. What a, what a beautiful time. Family gets together. Uh, Thanksgiving week, I should say. Uh, what do we have to be thankful for? We could go all day long, all day long. I asked the choir and the band in the back while we pray together on Sunday mornings before we come out here what they had to be thankful for. And everybody was right. Everybody, you know, had a response. But uh, the word the Lord gave me today for our message is hope. And uh, we've had a lot going on today. And uh, so I've kind of altered my message, kind of shrunk it down a little bit uh, so it won't be real long. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. we've heard that before. <laughs> so no, it won't be. It won't be long. So the message is titled Hope. And uh, I've been using this verse a lot lately, uh, but I'm going to go in a little bit different direction with it. And I'm reading this morning out of the New International Version, which I think I've done that more in the last few weeks. But Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And that, that just grips my heart right there. I want to read it again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And then he says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Somebody say hope. And a future. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, how it's life changing. And God, I pray that every heart in here would open up their hearts and receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name and amen. You may be seated here in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Uh, this was spoken to the people during a time of hardship and a time of suffering. And Jeremiah was writing to the captives uh, in Babylon. And God's response, listen to me, is not to provide immediate, immediate escape for you and I in difficult situations, but life cannot come to a grind and stop in the midst of trouble. So rather, God promises that he has a plan to prosper you and I in the midst of current situations. And only God can take something that is so bad and something so terrible and turn it around and make something good out of it. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 said, For all things work for the good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Uh, how many can almost testify uh, right now could just lift your hand 
hand and say, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of some disaster, God did something great in my life. Uh, I'd ask you to go ahead and give God a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. So in Psalms chapter 33, verse 20, in the NIV, uh, the Bible says, we wait in hope. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to wait. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And friend, I know this morning where my help comes from. I know where my help comes from. I'll say it again. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only is my help, he's my shield. Amen. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Those who truly learn to speak those words, these words, we wait in hope. And those that truly learn to speak those words, they've actually learned to wait on the Lord. I can remember years ago, I would be doing things and Pastor Ruth Fogel used to say to me, slow down, Robert, you're dragging the Lord. You gotta learn to wait. And man, I don't have much patience. But people that have learned this verse and have applied it to their lives, they know that he's faithful. And when you know that he's faithful, you'll wait on him, do you hear me? You, when you learn these words and you live on this kind of thing, my mom, my goodness, she had the patience and she would wait on the Lord because not only do you know that he's faithful, you know that he won't disappoint you. How many in the house could say, my goodness, God has been faithful in my life, but not only faithful, he has never once ever disappointed me. On my worst day walking with the Lord, it's been my best day. If you agree, give God a hand clap this morning. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it directs believers to approach God with confidence. Do you hear me? With confidence. I won't get into it, but my wife had some tests uh, uh, the last two or three weeks, and it could have went a whole different way. And, and man, I'm telling you, I went before God with confidence, and, and I pleaded the blood of Jesus Christ over my wife, my helpmate, my best friend, and I stood in the gap, and I called on God. God because I know that the God that I serve is not dead. God is alive and God is well. And I'm thankful for the doctors and the surgeons there in Morgantown, but I'm thankful for the almighty physician, the great I am, almighty God. And I went before God's throne and I didn't have to introduce myself because he knows me by my name. Uh, and I went with confidence and that's what the Bible tells us because you and I have got hope in Jesus. Listen to what his word said. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm sitting in the waiting room and, and I'm praying and I'm asking God with confidence uh, and I'd been praying for weeks uh, and all of a sudden my phone went ding uh, and there was a text uh, and my beautiful bride said it's all okay uh, and right there 
there in the lobby. I said, thank you, Lord. And the man sat beside of me, said, what's going on? And I told him, he said, my wife's in the back getting the same text. I said, stand up, let's take hands. And I began to pray with confidence for a man's wife that I didn't even know because God knows their name. With confidence, we've got to bring our troubles and our problems before God because of all of our hope is in Jesus. If you believe it, give him a hand clap this morning. Trying to behave myself. King James chapter 13, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians. And now abideth faith and hope and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. One of God's names in the Bible is Yahweh Tikvah, which means the Lord our hope. And I think of that song, all my hope is in Jesus. And I'll let somebody else sing it for you. In Acts chapter 28, verse 20, just as a reference, refers to God as the hope of Israel. And Israel is going through a terrible time right now. But he's more than the hope of Israel. He's the hope of the whole wide world. Israel's national anthem is titled Hatikvah, meaning the hope. Bombs and rockets are a constant threat, not just now in Israel, but for a long time. What do we got to be thankful for? None of us worry this morning about a bomb coming or a missile coming through our home. Yet many Jewish people continue to have hope. I said many, I didn't say all, but many Jewish people continue to have hope in God. How could they have that? Because they hold fast to King David's words in Psalms chapter 23, verse 5. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Listen to this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. My goodness. David trusted the Lord to protect him just as a shepherd protects his sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, is with believers all the time, no matter where we're at. Jesus said in John 10 and 10 and verse 11, the thief cometh not. The thief, I, I don't want to take for granted that everyone knows what we're talking about here. The Satan, the enemy. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The thief cometh not but to steal. He wants to steal your joy. You know, I was sitting there this morning thinking, here we are in God's house, and people are happy. People are talking. People are hugging each other. People are clapping their hands. People are shouting. People are singing. Isn't it good to be at in any place that people are happy. 
I don't know about you, but driving down the road, it just, people look miserable. And a lot of people going to church, when they get to church, they're miserable. But here in God's house, this is not what we do, it's what God instructs us to do. He says, lift up your hands and bless him. He said, shout for joy, clap your hands. We got God. We got joy unspeakable. We got salvation. We've got a God that watches over us. We got hope. We ought to be happy people. Do you hear me? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Huh? Woo! Somebody say, hey, I'm happy. A couple of you sitting there, hey, I'm happy. If you're sitting beside somebody like that, get away from them, all right? Get away from them. God gives us tikva. The Hebrew word for hope is tikva. Tikva means something expected. Tikva means something expected. What are you expecting in your life? What are you expecting when you go to work tomorrow? It has a lot to do with what you're gonna receive. Do you hear me? Tikva means yearned. What are you yearning? What are you yearning for? Tikva means anticipated. What are you anticipating to happen in your life? What are you anticipating to happen in your church? What are you anticipating to happen in these children's lives? I'm anticipating something great to happen in my life. Uh, I, I, something greater than I've already experienced because God is able to do immeasurable more than I can think, ask, or imagine. I'm anticipating for God to do something greater in our church. You say, well, how could that happen? Because he's God. He's God. Do you hear me? What are you anticipating in your life? It comes from the verb kava, which means to stretch like a rope. Man, stick with me. I, I promise you, we won't be long, but I want you to learn this. The first reference to tikva is found where Rahab hung a scarlet cord in her window to signify her faith in the God of Israel. Now listen, you may remember and you may know the story uh, about Rahab, but then again, you may not. And I'll try to briefly explain this to you. Joshua sent men to spy out the city of Jericho in preparation for an attack and believing that God would deliver Jericho into the hands of the Israelites, Rahab took the spies into her house. She was living in Jericho. Rahab was a prostitute. The Bible calls her a harlot. She was a woman of the night. She had many visitors coming and going. And the Bible said that her home was built on the outer wall of Jericho, which one of my commentaries said it was a symbol of rejection, that she had lived for as far as the rest of the community as she could. And the king of Jericho caught news that these men was coming to spy and prepare, and he caught news that she had taken them and hid them in her house. And then later, she lets a red cord out of her window, a scarlet cord, and these men shimmy down that cord. So let's look at this. 
She told these men in Joshua chapter 2, verse 12. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. Do you hear me? My house, our families that we talked about today. Think about that. In verse 13, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for your life. You take care of us and we're gonna take care of you. If you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Rahab requested that she and her family be saved from death. Have you ever made that request? I've asked the Lord to spare me from death when I asked Jesus Christ to forgive, forgive me of my sins. It's very important. This is a picture of calling upon the Lord for salvation. Romans 10, verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It didn't say if you was a member of a church or if you've been baptized. The Bible says, if you have called upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you have humbled yourself and prayed and asked God to forgive you of your sins, you are saved from death. Do you hear me? Somebody say amen. amen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So the men said to her, Behold, we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. He said, bring all your family into your home. Each one of us ought to have a desire to bring all of our family into our spiritual home. We ought to have an anticipation. We ought to yearn that our parents, that our grandparents, and our children will all be in the spiritual home in the safety of the Lord God. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the streets, his blood shall be upon his own head. And we will be guiltless, and whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our heads if any hand be upon him. Is your family right with God? Have you been able to talk to your family? She had to tie a scarlet rope in the window to identify her house of safety, a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. Bring the family, the instruction was, into the house and said, keep them there. If anyone goes back out into the street, their blood will be on their own hands. What's that symbolize? Going, turning back into the world. 
The Bible tells us to come out from amongst them. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The very moment we bowed and asked Jesus Christ to become our father, we're his sons and we're his daughters, and we are spared death. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning. So here's what she said. According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away. And they departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. As Rahab feared God. She feared that God was going to send the army in and destroy Jericho. And just as she feared, that's exactly what happened. We ought to recognize and fear that the Lord will come again and all of us will be judged and stand before God. But because of the scarlet thread hanging in her window, she and her entire family was saved. What a shame. What a, what a shame if we was to spend eternity without our family. My wife, my three children, my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren, all of my family and extended family and my church family, people that's hearing my voice today, you are not promised another day. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. In James, it says, what is your life? It's but a vapor, it appears for a little while and it vanishes away. I'm 62. Where did it go? Where did it go? Stand with me this morning. While you're standing, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this doesn't mean anything either. <laughs> but because of the scarlet thread hanging in her window, she and her entire family was spared. I, I, I pray your family is right with God. Tikva spares us from harm and it gives us life. It's called hope. Hope. Perhaps the best definition of the word is confident expectation. It really bothers me when I ask somebody, are you prepared for eternity? And they say, well, I hope so. I can't. I, I, honestly, sometimes I just want to slap them yeah? and say, wake up, man. wake up. Hope. That song said, all my hope is in Jesus. The only way you can answer that gum barrel straight, yes, is if you've had an experience through prayer and asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. It's the only way. So this morning, hope is expectation concerning the future, the future. Having a confidence that God will do what he said he will do at some future time. I want to share a quick story with you. I don't know, about uh, 40 years ago, I worked at the airport over here and I was the manager of Colgan Airways and I had to fly to a meeting. It was Senator Charles Colgan, I remember his name out of Manassas, Virginia. 
So I had to fly over to D.C. I think we were at Dallas Airport. And uh, my meeting was over and it was storming out and they canceled the flight. And the wind was terrible. So I stayed in a hotel that night. The next day, it was still terrible. They canceled all the flights. On the third morning, they was going to do, I think it was called a deadhead. And uh, the pilots alone was going to fly the plane back to Clarksburg because uh, the winds was terrible. And because I was an employee, I was allowed to go. Terrible mistake. <laughs> I know what them little brown bags are. And uh, so that's, a, you know, there's two pilots and it's a 14-seater airplane. And I get on and it was... <sighs> and the pilots was loving it because all they do is fly steady. And they were enjoying it. And I'm, you know what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> and the pilot said after a while, I mean, the plane would drop was nothing, drop 75 feet and just flip this way and flip that way. And the pilot said, hey, Robert, it's going to be all right. And because he was a trained pilot and his voice spoke to me, I had hope. You know where I'm headed. The God that we serve is a trained pilot of your life. And he knows your destination. And he has a plan for you to land in a kingdom that we can't even imagine called heaven. And he'll take you through the storms of your life. So you have hope. And Jesus said these words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please this morning. Jesus himself promises that our future is secure in him. But there's only one way. And that's the Holy Spirit touch your heart. You say, I don't really know what the Holy Spirit, it's the Trinity, the third person of God. And if this morning, if you're feeling a tug, if you're feeling like, hey, something's been said here today that has kind of got a hold of me, that's the Spirit of God talking to you. And everyone here knows I'm not coming to you. I'm not embarrassing you. I'm not singling you out. But if you're here this morning and you'd like to have the hope in your life that I've shared with you today, would you slip your hand up high right where you're at and say this morning, I see your hand, sir. Somebody else. Somebody else this morning. Somebody else. Somebody else. Is there another? I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you. Somebody else. So I see your hand. Yes. Somebody else. Somebody else. I don't want to miss anybody. I see that hand. Yes, yes. Somebody else. Somebody else this morning. I want to tarry for a moment. Let me ask the Christians. You've prayed and you asked God, but maybe you're in a storm. Maybe you've kind of walked away, kind of like Rahab was instructed, keep your family in the house. Don't let them go back. And maybe you're not where you need to be. And Maybe you've kind of stepped away and went back out on the streets, but you want to make sure that 
you're where you need to be. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes, God sees those hands all over this building. All over this building. So everyone that raised their hand for salvation to ask God to forgive them of their sins, as every head is bowed in the building, would you raise your head and open up your eyes? And don't be ashamed. Look right at me. And repeat this prayer after me. And mean it in your heart. Mean it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I acknowledge that I have sinned, that I have fallen short in my life. But today I acknowledge also that you're the Lord Jesus. You're my Savior. That you gave your life on a cross that I could have life. That you died for me. And from this day forward, I want to do my very best to live my life for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 